Welcome back to another episode on fitness for pregnancy and beyond, where we talk all about moving your bodies during preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum so that you can feel confident as you approach fitness and movement during these amazing chapters of your life. So I'm really excited for today's episode. We're tuning in with Dr. Trina Winner out of Versailles, Ohio with Winning Edge Physical Therapy. And today we're talking all about um, pelvic floor PT or pelvic floor physical therapy. So Trina shares with us her journey into pelvic floor PT and then what it is and how how it can help even a mom who's pregnant or and or a mom who is postpartum. So at the very end, she even touches on some things that are important to consider for a newborn baby um, and how a pelvic floor PT or a lactation consultant or a doula midwife can really be helpful for any mom trying to navigate the new this very new chapter of motherhood, or maybe, you know, maybe you've had your third baby and there's still a lot of learning to do. So there's there's lots of value in today's episode and let's go ahead and dive in. The show, I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, Let's just go ahead and start by telling the audience kind of who you are and what you do and kind of what got you into pelvic floor PT. Yeah, well, um, I'm Dr. Trina Winner and I have been a physical therapist for over 10 years. I was kind of thinking about that this morning. I'm like, how long have I been a PT? I'm like, that's a long time. That is a long time. <laughs> and um, I initially started out in uh, orthopedics, sports orthopedics, in a very busy outpatient clinic. I was there for, you know, many years and I just felt God shifting in my heart of, just the, how I look at therapy and how I look at the individual and what all that entails. And I was just kind of feeling to a point of a lot of burnout and overwhelm. And I was questioning like, Oh man, do I even want to continue being a PT? What do I want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. I was kind of in that almost like super early midlife crisis. (laughs) And, um, I got pregnant with our first daughter in 2006 or 2015. She was born in 16. And, uh, that's kind of when things shifted a little bit. And I was kind of diving into a little bit of just like pregnancy and how to have the the best, you know, healthy pregnancy and what my goals were. Um, I would say I'm more of a first generation of wanting to breastfeed, wanting a very natural birth, wanting to follow God's design for our body. So I really didn't have any support from family um, to kind of walk me through that. And so it was a lot of diving into my own. Um, fortunately I was able to connect with a few individuals. And so that really shifted my mindset a little bit. Um, and so then I decided to go into, um, take a women's health course and I messaged a friend cause I knew she was doing it and she goes, go do it. Just go do it. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. And I'm a course junkie. I love <laughs> yeah, learning. So I went to my first one and I was pregnant <laughs> with, with our first one and, um, went to my first one and I remember texting my husband and within the first couple hours, like of just them just talking about things. I'm like, oh, I'm exactly where I need to be. And yeah. I, it was hilarious because he texts back. So you're in a room full of women with your pants down. And that's fun for you. And I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, as weird as that sounds like, yes, like, because there's just no, there were, I mean, there's more now, but there was just no support. Um, I knew nothing about how to support my body um, from a pelvic floor perspective for pregnancy, for birth, for postpartum. I had no idea. So this was Um, still with Alexis, right? This was still... Yeah, okay. first baby. I don't think yeah. I realized that it was that long ago, but um, yeah. I, it was very, very superficial, super, super early. Yeah. I wasn't okay. really dabbling. I was dabbling. Yeah. And then, um, then I just got a call to do more. Um, and I continued getting burnout in the outpatient clinic and, and just realized, I think it was more so the 
um, type of clients I was working with, not necessarily the environment that I was in. I loved my environment, loved my coworkers. I loved everything about it. And so as I shifted more towards the women's health and focused more on just general public health, I loved it. But then once I opened that door, I was like, holy moly, there is a sea of information behind this door and just yeah. this quote unquote small niche in the therapy yeah. world. And I was like, wow. Um, and that, I mean, that just kind of spiraled. My husband called me a pinball machine because I was taking such random courses. I went to lactation <laughs> training um, and then I went to craniosacral training and then I went more to pelvic health stuff. And in the back of my mind, I've always had this little um, pull to help with fertility yeah. um, because I just felt like there was, there was nothing for people with for fertility clients. And I was always questioning like, oh my gosh, how could this help here? How could this help here? And how could this help here? Um, and talking to the instructors and just kind of piecing that together. Uh, and then finally, I feel like I've came full circle um, and now I am a fully trained pelvic physical therapist. I primarily focus on women. I have done a little bit of males, um, but I usually primarily focus on women. Um, and I have a little bit of pediatric training that I'll work with um, kiddos as well, um, which is super important. Primarily, I like to work in the preconception, so really working on pelvic health um, mm. and really optimizing that prior to conception. So really, really helping not only from a fertility perspective, but overall just general pelvic health as we go into pregnancy and how that plays into pregnancy, um, the birth process, and then postpartum and, you know, navigating the postpartum world with kiddos. Yeah, it all goes together so beautifully. And I feel like um, even like this conversation day is so valuable for the mom who, just like you said, maybe wants to be pregnant or someone who's freshly postpartum and knowing like even without major concerns, pelvic floor therapy can be so valuable. Um, so I, so that, I think that's amazing. I, I was just smiling, smiling the whole time you were talking because there's such a need for that in like the world of, of like motherhood and womanhood. So, um, let's go ahead and start then by saying like what, maybe a little bit more on what pelvic floor therapy is, um, and what kind of <clears throat> like, for lack of better words, like problems it might address, um, or how it can help. Yeah, so um, the pelvic floor itself is uh, layers of muscles and tissues and all from our tailbone to the front to your pubic bone and then side to side from each of your, your, your sit bones, um, where, you know, your butt bones. And that entire cavity um, is considered your pelvic floor. And it goes really hand in hand with our core, so our belly muscles, our back muscles, um, and it's almost like a canister. And so pelvic floor therapy really addresses that area, but most pelvic floor therapists are now seeing the concepts of how that pelvic floor can really, um, it plays an, an, an integral role into the entire body. So yeah. we're now seeing how our jaw and our, our jaw tension and our shoulder tension and our oral cavity is connected to the pelvic floor. Our pelvic floor is related to our feet as well. So it's just a really cool human design of how it's all interconnected. Um, so, you know, again, when we talk about pelvic floor, people think about like, oh, you know, if you pee your pants or, you know, you have, you know, fecal incontinence or, you know, you have some pain. 
you know, with intercourse or something. Um, mm. But it's more than that. You know, people that have like lingering back pain, SI joint pain, tailbone pain, even like, um, you know, if they have down the chain, like foot issues, or they have a lot of TMJ issues, you know, addressing that pelvic floor is so important. So I tell people all the time, you know, don't be too quick to like brush off therapy. You know, you, you know, right. we hear a lot of stories of people going to therapy for back pain and it's not helping. It's not helping. I'm like, well, maybe consider a pelvic floor therapist. Well, I don't pee my pants, but a pelvic floor therapist can really help with that pelvic floor and look at that back pain. And usually that can clear up pretty quickly if we address that pelvic floor. It's, it's our, you know, it's our core of our body. And so it really takes mm-hmm. a lot of, of brunt and, and you don't have to have, I tell people all the time, you don't have to have a baby to have pelvic floor dysfunction. <laughs> right. I've, I've worked with people that are like, yeah. you know, in their teenage years. Um, that have, that have urinary incontinence, they, they pee their pants. Um, I've worked with kids that have like pelvic floor pain, you know, like say they had a menstrual cycle and then they're starting to use a tampon and it hurts them or, you know, whatever. I mean, people as young as, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old that I have worked with. Um, and it's so, so important to work on not only, you know, strengthening the muscles, but, you know, also knowing how to fully lengthen and soften and relax those muscles and all the coordination those muscles need to do to help support our body, to support our organs and to support, um, you know, even from a sexual function perspective and from a, you know, hygiene perspective. So a lot of the common things that can be affected by pelvic floor is, you know, our common things of, um, uh, urinary incontinence, you know, you know, a lot of times we hear people say like peeing their pants when they're jumping on a trampoline or when they're running or, you know, urge incontinence where you really have to go to the bathroom really, really bad. And then you, you don't make it to the bathroom without leaking. Right. Um, and then also you have your pelvic pain, you know, whether it is something from using a tampon, having intercourse, a medical exam, um, or just general pelvic aching, and it can be linked into our cycles, our menstrual cycles. Mm. Um, we have pelvic or- organ prolapse, where you have like that descent of the, the uterus, the bladder, the rectum, um, and that can be, you know, painful. Um, it can also cause a lot of other issues too with incontinence and things like that. Um, and then even overactive bladder, people that go to the bathroom all the time. We see this generally in the, the elderly population, ah. um, but it's, it's common. It, it can be even in the younger population too, um, can be um, contributing to. And then you have, you know, the pain with intercourse and then, you know, even diving into just like burning sensation, heavy bleeding during menstruation, severe menstrual cramping, irregular periods. If you have, um, those kinds of things, those can benefit from pelvic floor physical therapy too, because we're working on just the general health of the pelvic floor. And, you know, I've had people come in with just some general, you know, menstrual cycle issues and no other, no other, um, pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, and you know, sometimes just working with the pelvic PT that has that training can be really helpful too. So there's a wide variety, you know, and then it goes into situations, SI pain, hip pain, all of those types of things too. Yes. So what about like, so like, let's say someone's like, oh, I think I should see like a pelvic floor PT. Like what would an initial like consultation look like and slash, or what does the, and I know every situation is different, but maybe there is like a general protocol of like things in your mind that you're like, these are some really great things to address first. So initial consultation and some checklist items that are pretty general and, um, for maybe anyone. 
So I would definitely say this is, tends to be a barrier for people like, oh yeah, I know about it. I've had a, I've had a referral from pelvic PT for, you know, a year and I just never went. I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. Um, all super common feelings. Um, and I, and me included, I mean, I started going to pelvic, you know, to the training and I haven't, wasn't even seen a public PT and I'm like, I don't know, do I want to? And I'm like, yes, I have to. Right. And yeah. unfortunately I was able to be evaluated in class, you know, by my instructors and, you know, the other people in the class, but everybody looks, everybody's evaluation standards are, you know, obviously you took to talked about that different. Um, and every patient or client is different too. Right. So, um, one of the things is I tell people, it's like, you are the boss and you kind of control the, the evaluation process. You know, I have my steps that I like to talk about, like, like to do, but ultimately you have the, um, I want to honor what you want. Mm -hmm. So, and every pelvic floor therapist is different. There are some people that are, that say they're pelvic floor therapists and they have no training at all to do any internal assessments. And there are some that do. So it it just kind of depends on who you go to and what that looks like. So for me, I really, really, really like to listen to their story. I like to listen mm-hmm. to their story. A lot of the time, the first session is, is listening to their history, listening to why are you here? What are, you know, what are some of your symptoms and complaints? And so they kind of outline that. When did things start? But then because of my whole just holistic training, I go back to, do you know what the birth process was like when you were in utero for your mom? What was your mom's, you know, menstrual cycle? Like, what was your mom's pregnancy? Mm. Like, what did, what did that tell? Because that all contributes to all the things that we're dealing with in today's world and in our bodies. And so we go deeper into that. And most people are like, wait, what are we talking about this for? And then I explain <laughs> yeah. why it's so important. Um, and so I talk about that and then, um, you're really getting a handle of what's going on. So now I'm already painting a picture in my hot head of just by asking questions and just by talking to them, what is their life like? What is their lifestyle like? What do they eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? What time are they going to sleep at night? How much sleep are they getting? Um, what is their job like? What is their work-life balance like? What is their stress levels like? All of that plays a role. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I usually then go into like, okay, this is kind of my thought process. This is what I want to do from an objective perspective, a third, mm-hmm. you know, formal evaluation. Many times it includes an internal assessment, but I always am upfront. Like, you know what, if this is something you're not comfortable with, um, if you don't want to do it, if you feel like you want to do it on the first session or not, you're the boss, you know, I want you to be hundred percent comfortable and I want you to be in control of that because it doesn't do them any good if I force an internal assessment and say, we have to do this because of X, Y, and Z, and they're not comfortable with it. Right. Um, so there are many times that things have cleared up very nicely and I've never even done an internal assessment. Now I will say it's very, very valid. And I'm in, in it's, we've kind of been taught, like it's a very important part of the assessment. Yeah. Um, and I just up front with them that it is important. If you're not willing to do it today or, you know, the next session, let's, these are things I want to work on. And if things aren't getting better, then we might need to do an internal assessment. So I'm not missing anything. Um, So, and then I, every single session of the first session, I work on breathing. Yeah. Every single person. As I figured you're going to say Learn about breathing and learn how to do it properly and learn how to let go of their muscles and learn how to just soften their body. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of really cool techniques that can help with that. Um, And I'm like, even if somebody has a lot of weakness in their pelvic floor, 
we all need to learn to soften and lengthen our bodies. Um, and I don't like the term relax because I feel like it gets a negative connotation because everybody is told relax and nobody likes that term anymore. So I try to change my terms. I love Um, that. That's really important. Um, and then I give them a couple little exercises to work on. I make sure I give them plenty of handouts of, you know, that they have in, in their hands so they can take home. Um, and then, uh, we, and then that's it. You know, we go from there. Um, we talk a lot about lifestyle, like, you know, lifestyle changes, nutrition and hydration and how that plays a role in our pelvic health. And, you know, what kind of things are they consuming that's contributed to their bladder irritants, you know, to their bladder issues, or if they're dealing with constipation. Um, so it's more than just looking at the, the body. It's, it's looking yeah, it's at inside lifestyle. and kind of what is going on with their entire body. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. I I've, I love that you touched on the breathing because, um, at least that's a component too, that I have in my, um, you know, fitness for pregnancy course, because it Mm -hmm. really helps like the unison, um, of like the diaphragm and the pelvic floor is so important for functionality. So that's awesome. Um, so what about like, I guess we maybe like two more topics that we can talk about here. Um, what about like a mom who just got pregnant and wants to be evaluated by a PT? Let's maybe talk Mm -hmm. about that. Um, why that would be valuable. And then on the other side of the spectrum, like how can that, well, how can that help throughout pregnancy? And then what about the postpartum setting? So even a mom who, um, you know, just had a baby doesn't really feel like she needs to see a pelvic floor PT, but why should she see one? So let's maybe talk about both. So like the pregnancy and then the postpartum. Yeah. So I always say it's never too late and never too soon to see a pelvic floor PT. You don't Mm. have to have symptoms to see a pelvic floor PT. I have people that walk in like, I don't even know while I'm here. I have no issues. And we dive in and like, wow, I learned a ton. So from a pregnancy perspective, it's really, really important to really balance our pelvic floor. We don't want it too tight and we don't want things too loose. So we we want balance because ultimately that's going to help in utero baby positioning. Mm. um, Because when baby's in an optimal position in utero, we usually have a much smoother birth process and feeding your baby goes a lot smoother postpartum too, because then baby is not have tons of tension patterns in their body. Ah. Um, and so I, I go, and that comes a lot from my body work and lactation training. So depending on the therapist that you go to, they may not have that, but that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And that can be incredibly important. Um, and you really don't, you don't need a referral. Like a lot of OBs, you know, aren't referring them and that's a struggle, but yeah. I tell people, you don't need your doctor's permission to come see us. You don't need <laughs> yeah. that. Um, right. And that's okay. And every state's different. I know you probably have listeners across the, across the world, but in Ohio where I'm at, it's direct access. You don't need the doctor's permission to come see us. Um, and it's like that with most states too. So it's just something to check in. And yeah. really a lot of it's just about balance, balancing that pelvic floor, um, I teach a lot about, I'm also a doula, so I have uh, um, information just on the birth itself, um, but teaching a lot about balancing the pelvis, what does birth look like, and opening the pelvis and pushing strategies mm. um, that can be really helpful. Um, what I find is the more that moms are prepared for birth from a physical perspective, mental, emotionally, spiritually, the birth process goes so much shorter and so much smoother with less interventions, which means yeah. less complications and healthier mom and baby as well. Um, but ultimately too, is I want mom to go into birth. Yes. With a birth plan, but a strong advocate for herself. 
Mm. Get her husband on board, her on board. This is what I want. These are my choices. And this is what I want to do. So they don't feel pushed into doing something they're not willing to, they're not wanting to do. You know, I'm going to use induction, for example. It's a common thing for them to talk about induction once they, well, oh my gosh, we're already at the 40 week. We need to start talking about induction. And that can create a lot of cascade of issues um, down the road. And, um, you know, if the mom really doesn't want that, what are some strategies that we can do from a public core therapy perspective to help prevent that induction um, and help mom to go into labor naturally? And that is um, so important for our mindset as moms to be able to trust our gut intuition. And that carries over into postpartum. Many times it's, it's based on fear. It's based on baby mm. positioning. It's why moms aren't going into labor naturally or, you know, you, they might just have the due date wrong. You know, nobody <laughs> yeah. has a perfect cycle. So right. they might just have the due date wrong and you might just be perfectly fine. If mom yeah. is healthy, baby's healthy, measuring great, then let this mom go into birth naturally. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of things too, even having pelvic therapy um, therapists in the hospital, either attending the birth or seeing moms postpartum. It's not real common in our area, but it's, it's, it's getting some light there. Um, and then transitioning into postpartum, um, the more balanced your pelvic floor is the, the transition into postpartum goes smoother, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I always tell people in pregnancy, you should never be uncomfortable. You should never be in pain, no matter what somebody tells you. Um, yes, there might be times that like, okay, I walk too much and my back hurts a little bit, but it goes away the next day. That's fine. You know, like, Mm -hmm. yes, at 40 weeks pregnant, you're going to feel a little discomfort, (laughs) you know, but we shouldn't be dealing with these things. And that's a sign that our body, there's something going on in our body that needs to be addressed. Um, whether we work, I work a lot with chiropractors. I work a lot with, um, you know, just the midwives working on like looking at baby positioning and balancing the pelvis. Um, so anytime there are symptoms for one, you know, incontinence, constipation, the pelvic pain, back pain, SI pain, pelvic core therapy is wonderful for that during pregnancy, but it's also wonderful if you have zero symptoms at all Mm -hmm. to be working on balancing that pelvic floor. Um, and that just really just makes for a smoother transition postpartum as well. And I love how you touched on to, you know, someone might come in with no symptoms. And then they leave saying, I learned so much. I mean, that's something they can take with them beyond that one session together. So that's, that's gold for anyone listening. Um, what about like, what about, um, like more so like even the postpartum setting with, um, you mentioned the baby and the feeding, um, and the tension points. Let's, let's talk about that here a little bit too. I think that's so postpartum, um, you know, a lot of times you go into postpartum, like, oh, we have our six week check, you're clear, go, you're, you're good to go. You know, so you resume intercourse, you get back to your workout routine, maybe running, like, oh, I have a half marathon I want to train for, you're getting back into lifting, or maybe you don't get back into anything because you're just trying to navigate motherhood and there's no time for that. Um, and so, so many people go back into that and then all of a sudden, like they feel great. You know, sometimes moms walk out of two weeks, two weeks postpartum. I feel wonderful. They're out walking like three, four or five miles or running again. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Um, and and I was guilty with that with my first one. I was like, I felt wonderful. I felt great. And I was like, I can do this. Let's get, you know, but this society, we need to start getting away from get back to pre-pregnancy as fast as you can, because it's really harming 
our bodies, maybe not right away, but we see the effects later on mm-hmm. down the road. Um, and it really contributes to our postpartum depression, anxiety, um, and just that, just that, um, overall emotions that we, we feel. And, uh, that's, it's, it's not fun. Um, right. and so pelvic therapy can either just be helpful for those types of things too. And, um, I tell people all the time, it's again, it's never too soon, never too late to, to seek out help. And so I have worked with people at two to three weeks postpartum and like, well, we haven't had doctor's clearance yet. And I'm like, you're doing way more movement and work at home, caring for your, your child or your <laughs> other kids or laundry than you are with me. So I'm teaching you body mechanics and how to breathe again properly, how to activate that pelvic floor really gently and how to be aware of your pelvic floor. Are you carrying tension? And then posturing when you're feeding baby, mm. you know, what kind of postures are you in? Um, and then just working on tension patterns in our own bodies can help correlate into, into the baby. And so I'll speak just a smidge on the baby because of my lactation training is when babies have a hard time latching and they're not feeding well, and they have gas and colic and the doctors are saying, oh, your baby's colicky. That's, that's all, that's what happens or Mm -hmm. reflux. Let's put you on medications or baby's not sleeping. Okay. Go swaddle them super tight and throw them in a crib or go sleep training or whatever crazy recommendations are out there. More times than not, it's coming from, let's look at baby. Let's get rid of those, the tension patterns in baby. Let's really optimize their latch. Let's look at the oral cavity, the rest of their body. But also, is mom taking care of herself? What is mom's stress levels like? Is she fully hydrated? Is she fully nourished with really nourishing foods that are going to nourish her body? Because the more nourished we are as moms and the more that we breathe and take care of ourselves, the less tension in our bodies, which means we're holding baby, less tension in baby, happier baby. So you know, cool, like, isn't it? It's honestly so cool. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, and they're, they're just all out of sorts because they have yeah. they, nobody's been there to help them. And it carries over in a baby and they think, what's wrong with my baby? Something's wrong with my baby with mm-hmm. it won't stop crying. And sometimes it's like, as hard as it is. And I was, this has happened with my second kid. I'm, and I can totally share really deep in my story at some point today or any time, but it was like, turn the mirror around. Like I need to work on myself mm. because she's feeding off of me and that's not good for both of us. Right. Um, so that's important. And then, you know, once, once everything is clear, you know, whether you have a C-section or, in, 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 or um, tearing and you have stitching and, you know, just making sure that the OBs and the midwives are on board, like, yep, everything looks great. Sounds good. Then it's just a really gentle return to activity postpartum. Um, there's new guidelines out for running, like to not run yeah. until at least 12 weeks. There's new guidelines out there. All the things that we need to be able to, to run appropriately and do a single leg squat, or they can't do, you know, hold balance on one foot. Um, so those are really critical things to even get back into running, even if we feel great. Um, so those are things too, because our bodies are pretty resilient. They, they can compensate very well. Um, but the longer you do that to your body, eventually, It'll catch up with you. Um, Right. You keep pouring more and more water into a cup without, you know, and it's just, it's just going to overflow and everything's just going to come, you know, leak out. And so sometimes it's like a mom of like, I'm finally pregnant with my fourth kid or postpartum and I'm miserable. What happened? My first three were great. Well, then once I asked them kind of what their process was like, Oh, all of these things are adding up of why you're feeling how you're feeling today. Um, And so 
it's super important just to really balance the pelvis, breathing and nourishing our bodies. Yeah. Well, that was so valuable. Um, yeah, this was, this is really going to help any mom out there listening. So thank you so much, Trina. Um, if someone's interested in working with you, where can they find you or where can they reach out? I am in small town, Ohio in Versailles. Um, I have my own private practice that I see patients. Um, and I don't do anything virtually right now. It's definitely something that I am, am open to and willing to and, and navigate. I don't like technology, so maybe you can help me with the technology piece. I don't know. Um, I just love that in-person one-on-one. I have yeah, had people drive an hour to two hours to come see me, which is wonderful. Um, yeah. But if you feel like, man, I really feel like I need to find somebody, but you're not in my area. You know, I'd be happy to connect. Um, you know, you can mm-hmm. search online. Um, but I also know a lot of people around the country of pelvic therapists just navigate or just um, collaborating with that I can help refer to. Yeah. Um, but I'm in for sales, Ohio. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. It's just my name, Trina Winner. Um, or on Instagram, it's drtrina.win, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then our Facebook business page. Um, I'm, I'm in with my husband. He's a PT too. So um, the whole business name is called Winning Edge Physical Therapy. So we have a Facebook page there as well. Um, and you're welcome to follow and reach out with any questions. And, and I always say like, go see a pelvic PT anytime and, you know, at any point, um, <laughs> it's never too soon. It's never too late. And even just one session can really change a lot in your life. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That was so valuable. Um, yeah, I look forward to sharing all this information with the listeners. So have a great yeah. day. <laughs> Thanks. You too. Thanks. I had so much fun during today's episode talking to Dr. Trina Winner about pelvic floor PT. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give us a five-star review so that we can continue sharing the news with other moms that are looking to learn more about their bodies and how they can optimally support themselves during pregnancy and postpartum. So you can the show in the show notes, you can find where to find Dr. Trina Winner in Versailles, um, Ohio. So feel free to check that out. Definitely reach out to her. She is amazing at what she does and she has a heart of gold. So she's on fire to help all the women. So definitely reach out to her and yes, we'll see you in the next episode.